Mike, busy week? Oh, I was, I'm just, I have to start this episode with a formal apology to the analog listeners. I feel like we've been apologizing either to each other or to the listeners <sighs> for like six episodes running. My, my life is full of apologies right now. <laughs> uh, we are recording this episode in advance. We spoke about this last time. Uh, we're recording on May 28th because we're going to be at WWDC. We're both leaving and will have returned by the time this episode is out. Um, but we had said that we would watch Baby Driver and talk about it and a mic at the movies segment. It was stupid to to try and set a three-hour homework task for myself before this episode in what is currently like my two busiest weeks of the year. So we're not watching Baby Driver today, but we're going <laughs> to do it later in the month. So the episode that's going to be coming out the uh, first weekend of July, I think, or like July 9th or something like, no, July 7th or something like that. It's something like that. Some episode in July. I'm clearly, I'm not with it today. <laughs> uh, the first, our first episode in July, we're going to talk about it then because we need to do a pre-record for vacation then. So, um, we'll be talking about Baby Driver then. So if you watch the movie, it won't be wasted on you. I apologize that you have to keep it in your brain box for a couple of weeks. Um, if you want a refresher before we do that episode, you can watch uh, the movies of Mikey about Baby Driver. So that would be an extra part of the homework that I guess I will give you. The mo- like movies of Mikey YouTube series. Did a, he did a really good Baby Driver episode. Very so. good. Um, that's worth watching at least because it will. If you haven't, it will give you a completely different perspective and understanding of the movie that I didn't um, fully understand until I saw Mikey say it. So, uh, but anyway, I apologize. I apologize. We have a completely different episode today. Um, I hope you can forgive me. Find it in your hearts. It's fine. It's no big deal. And that includes Casey, by the way, because Casey watched it before I told him I couldn't watch it. Indeed, because I've had a busy week too. So I watched it a couple of days uh, before I would generally have watched it. Mm-hmm. You know, normally I would watch it the evening before we record, and I had to watch it. I don't know, two three nights ago, uh, just because my my week has also been busy, which we'll talk about in a moment. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a busy time for everyone, and uh, and that's okay. We, we will we will talk about this this movie another time, like you said. So no big deal. But I I do want to uh, reiterate what you said about movies with Mikey. We'll put the link in the show notes. It is a eighteen minute video. That is just tremendous. And I did not get the chance to rewatch that before recording today. So th- this kind of works out for me too. So we're going to kind of do like another time capsule discussion mm-hmm. and get some follow up about vignettes launch. Because again, like all we really have is the first week mm-hmm. to talk about today. But um, I can't, it, it would be silly to not talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so the last we spoke was the day before I hit the go button, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. which was a week ago as we were recording this in the recording timeline. And so I've had just barely shy of a week of exposure of sales, etc. And uh, yeah, it's probably worth catching up on. Uh, In summary, things are good. Things are great, even. Uh, I I have been absolutely blown away by the response and the coverage. Um, This... I figured it would get a little bit of traction. And I think we spoke on the show about how I knew that um, Cult of Mac was going to cover it. I knew Mac Stories was going to cover it. And, you know, I figured some other people probably would. But next thing I knew, you know, you guys were talking about it on Connected. It was on 512 Pixels, which is not terribly surprising. But then it was on TechCrunch and these other, and other websites, some of which I know, some of which I don't, but that are 
you know, maybe less specifically about iPhone nerds and Apple nerds and more generally mm -hmm. about, you know, just people who are interested in technology. And like landing on TechCrunch was completely unexpected. And maybe maybe that's unfair of me. And I don't mean to slight, you know, Mac stories or 512 pixels or Cult of Mac or anything, but it feels like not a different caliber because that, that's not the right word I'm looking for, but like a different sphere, right? Because TechCrunch is not strictly limited to Apple and related stuff. Well, and also the person that wrote the TechCrunch article is an, a close personal friend who right. had early access to the application. Yes, very well put, very well put. Yeah, so, you know, this was written by uh, Sarah Perez, who I personally was not familiar with beforehand, and, and I thought she did an excellent write-up. I greatly appreciated Sarah's link to the Analog episode yeah. in the TechCrunch article. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And it, and it was clear that she had listened to it, you know, either before posting or perhaps even before talking to me. So uh, that was extremely kind of her. And, and, and I'm very glad that she was able to do that. And it sounds like she's going to be in San Jose next week. So I'm very hopeful I can give her the world's biggest high five as a thank you for, for putting this TechCrunch article up. But yeah, the response has been tremendous. Um, it, it has been a whirlwind. Uh, within the first few days, I released um, an additional two-ish builds, I think it was. Um, I, I realized quickly, and we'll probably talk more about the technical details about this on ATP uh, as we record tomorrow. It'll be out later this week. Well, but if you're listening to the analog on the road. Last week. Yeah, exactly. You know how this, <laughs> we played this game many times time before, listeners. It's a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. You got, you got the idea. Anyway. On some episode of ATP that happened sometime in the month of May 2019, we will talk about the technical aspects of some of this. But yeah, um, overall, the response was great. You know, not as many people said this is a crashy disaster as I had feared, which is good. Some people definitely said it's a crashy disaster, but not that many, which was excellent. But uh, the one thing that snuck up on me that I did not expect was that I knew my Facebook support was not great. Uh, and the reason that was is because you had to put in a very specific kind of URL in the Facebook uh, area on your contact. It had to be FB colon slash slash profile slash some number. I had totally forgotten why Vignette worked so well for me, but you mentioned it on, on ATP about because uh, iOS used to put this information into your contacts for you. Mm hmm. Exactly right. But then that functionality got stripped out. But that's why what vignette works so well for me, because I had done that. Yep, same. Right? Exactly right. And so if you weren't one of those people that did that in the past, then it's a nightmare because there's no easy way to get that numeric user ID for a person. Well, not within Facebook anyway. There are websites that'll do it for you. But uh, it was just gross. And understandably, a lot of people were, I don't know if I should use the word upset, but kind of like, dude, what? You know, <laughs> like, why? Why? That doesn't make any sense. Why can't I put in a username or something like that? And the, and the fact of the matter is, if I'm honest, and this is getting ever so slightly technical, um, the reason I needed the number, the number, the Facebook ID number, whatever it's called, is because when you ask Facebook for a profile image, you need to give them that number. And at the time in which I was putting Vignette together, I wasn't aware of a mechanism to go from, say, KC.list to 1234567. four now, mm -hmm. after the vignette was released and everyone was very, well, generally kindly saying, what the crap, man, then uh, I was able to research and figure out, okay, there is a way for me to go from KC.list to 1234567, and that's what I did. And so I did get that out the door. That was the most recent release as we record this now. Um, another thing that I didn't expect, which was a rookie mistake, was when you enter in Instagram as a social network, uh, because it's not one of the ones that Apple includes out of the box. If you if you let it auto complete the word Instagram, it's Instagram space. 
and my app was not removing that space when looking for an Instagram account. That's wild. Which is which is a rookie mistake. Like I should have done that. It feels like I don't know if all development is like this, but I feel like yours is going to be like this, where you have to do this super weird detective-like problem solving, mm-hmm. right? Be- because you have to do this, like, you're, you're relying on these weird kind of, maybe sometimes like a little bit under the table ways of pulling this information because you're not doing logins, right? Right. Yeah, I think that I think it's super interesting, right? Like, I, I think that you're gonna f- continue to find yourself in these situations where you have to like, uh, why isn't this working? And then you have to like walk it back like twenty paces and then come <laughs> to it. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I don't remember if I realized it or if somebody pointed it out to me that there's a trailing space on Instagram if you allow it to autocomplete. But once I realized it, it was a simple fix, and that's why I say it was a rookie mistake. You know, to, generally speaking, it's it, when you have user input, you should try to be you know robust and 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 take care of those sorts of what ifs and gotchas. But nevertheless, you know, I fixed that fairly quickly. I um I fixed the Facebook support reasonably quickly. Uh, fixed an issue, a couple issues with Twitter support. So it was a whirlwind 48-ish hours where, you know, I'm seeing all the response, I'm seeing the feedback I'm getting, and while I was and still am getting just absolutely hammered and inundated by emails, which is both flattering and frustrating because my email box was already a dumpster fire to begin with, and now it's just worse. But all told, the response has been great. People have been very kind. The press has been kind. People, people have been kind. Everyone's been super kind about it. And it seems like it's solving a problem for a lot more people than I expected. You know, when I released this, I thought no one's going to want to go through their contact list and put in, you know, Twitter handles and Instagram handles and stuff like that, because that's kind of a big ask. and It's fairly tedious to do, you know, by hand. But mm-hmm. based on the response I'm getting, I have seen very little complaints about how tedious that is. And I think people are just excited to be able to, you know, have the corollary benefit of cleaning up their contact list for their own benefit. Yeah, for me, it's like I get I know I'm not taking care of all of the people because I haven't done those updates in a long time, but I'm getting a lot of them, though. Yeah, yeah. And also it's like so right now I just ran vignette because a friend of ours, Ben, updated their contact uh their, their twitter picture today and i was texting with ben before we recorded and i'm like oh i need to update ben's avatar now because that's not ben's avatar anymore <laughs> yeah right so like now i can just open vignette and can do it real quick and then i'm done like yeah. it's i don't know it's just nice yeah well thank you and so i it, it has it is scratched an itch for far more people than I expected. You know, I assumed that because I'm me, and I don't mean that to be a turd, but you know, I'm I'm obviously a personality in this little sphere. You know, I figured because I'm me, people would try it, maybe a few people would buy it, and they would say, oh, you know, it's a great idea, but it's not for me. But far more people than I expected have said, wow, this is something I totally wish I had. I want this in my life immediately, which is wonderful. Like, that's such a wonderful thing to have happen, and I'm so grateful and and, and thankful for it. So... The response has been really overwhelming. I put up a blog post uh, yesterday about kind of the response and linking to a bunch of the press that uh, that we had come up with or that I'd seen come up over the last few days. And so it's gotten some international press. Um, apparently, you know, the, one of the biggest websites or news sites in the Netherlands has put it up as their app of the week. Uh, some uh, German website called iPhone Ticker. I love you so much, mm-hmm. right? Just in general, like, you know that. Mm-hmm. This is surprising to me. Some of this stuff. You mean the international coverage? Yeah, or just like a lot of the coverage in general and and also the general success of the application. Mm-hmm. I love it. I've said that before. I've mm-hmm. said it in places where you've never even asked me to. Right? <laughs> I love this application. 
but it it just feels like to me like it it's a niche thing I like it's so only too, yeah. a thing that certain people would care about and would get success out of but it feels like that's not the case and i'm really pleased yeah that's very right? well like put. i'm really very very happy yeah. for you thank you i i couldn't have said it better myself i thought this was going to be you know kind of a niche thing that only a handful of super nerds were going to want and it turns out it has gotten far more praise and far more coverage than I ever would have expected. I hope that it is um, helping spark more ideas in you. Yeah. For not just updates to vignette, but just for like other things, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, what if I had something that could actually get the information that vignette needs? Yeah. And that, that gets squishy quickly. But yeah, I've had a lot of, I've had a ton of thoughts about what I can do to vignette. And, you know, as an example, a lot of people are asking for LinkedIn integration, which is completely reasonable. Yeah, I heard you talking about that. I can't believe I didn't think of it, but that makes so much sense, right? It does. It absolutely does. And it's completely a reasonable request. But the problem is there is no mechanism, even a sh- there's no not even a shady mechanism that I've found for me to get profile images out of LinkedIn without having you log in. And I'm not saying I would never allow login with, with Vignette. And certainly if I did, it would be you know optional and so on. But... I don't know. I've, I'm really kind of uh, the word I used for it, and I and I stand by it. Is I'm kind of allergic to the idea of logging in to vignette or to to things using vignette. And I've heard enough not complaints but requests for LinkedIn support that I'm really thinking about adding it as an optional thing where you can optionally choose to log in to to LinkedIn using vignette. I think that there are certain things where you just need to get over yourself. Yeah, if your users really want it. Mm-hmm. Right, and and this is probably one of them. I think you're probably right because this takes vignette from for a lot of people being like a fun thing to like a necessary application. Yeah, right. Like if you work in in the business world, it's probably even more important to make sure that you have an accurate photo for the people that you're going to meet with, right? And if you have contact cards attached to events, so you can pull up somebody's face or their information, and you see it's who they say they are, right? Like that is more useful even than just like oh my iMessage contacts would be yeah. nice to have Casey's face in it sure you know what I mean like yeah, it, yeah. it's it's more probably more important or like that you see somebody's avatar in an email right like it's probably more important to have it there so it might be a thing where you have to say like all right if you want to log in with LinkedIn do that in the settings and then you can get LinkedIn searches too and as long as you do it properly there's no reason that you have to change the fundamentals of what you believe the application to be, right? Of like not being weird with data and and blah, 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 blah. And as long as you can use the APIs in a safe and secure way to get that, like, you know, because I know LinkedIn will do everything it can to suck in an address book. Yeah. And as long as you're confident that you're implementing things correctly and not putting people's information at risk, then you should do it if it's what your users are asking for. Like ultimately, who are you making the app for now? I don't think it's for you anymore. <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up. I don't know if I was telling you this or telling somebody else, but something that occurred to me a couple of days ago, you know, especially after we recorded um, Analog, and, and I believe you had asked me, you know, who is this really for? And I said, well, it's for me because I'm tired of seeing these darn <laughs> initials and gray circles all over my device. Oh, yeah, we spoke about this. Yeah, and, but the thing of it is, it's that I can't use it because I need the test data. So uh, it's very frustrating. So you said this to me, and I've been thinking about this. So basically, the idea is that Casey actually still has a lot of gray circles with initials in them because he wants to be able to run the data to make sure that it works. Like, 
maybe you need to get like a test device and set up like a new iCloud account and put in like a bunch of just like fake data and yeah. run from there. Mm-hmm. So you can actually actually use the application on your own device. <laughs> You're probably right. Like maybe it's time to do that. Because yeah. probably as well, it's beneficial to not be messing around <laughs> with <laughs> destroying your own contact data. Right, right. Especially, I mean, like, but especially if in the future there are features of Vignette which is more than just avatars, which feels like a perfectly valid like growth place for the application right of like updating other types of information like who knows right like that it could be a more fully featured contact information database like for example the casey list style of like birthdays Mm -hmm. and anniversaries yeah right like can you get that information from somewhere maybe right and if you can like maybe you'd want to put that kind of stuff in too and like it becomes like additional features yeah that like at a certain point you might want to stop messing around with your actual contact information (laughs) totally even if you just took a dump of it and put it into a second account yeah Yeah, which is probably doable and i probably will look at that but you know at this point one of those fancy new ipod touches and yeah go crazy hot off the presses yeah so i mean all in all it's been great not really (laughs) it's over a week old at this point oh it is i thought i just caught wind of this today it will be by the time people hear it. Oh, right. God, time is a flat circle, everyone. Time anyway. is a flat circle. Uh, but no, all in all, the, the the launch has been phenomenal. I've been extremely grateful for all the coverage, for all the the, the purchases, um, which we'll talk about here in a second. But it was funny because after I hit the go button, you know, my expectation, which was very naive, was that I could kind of lean back and just say, ah, it's done. It's finally, finally done. Well, you could have done that. Well, except Facebook. No, you could have. I could have, but Facebook was yeah. garbage, and you know, I had a couple of bugs right, here and there. You didn't. You didn't have to do it. Like, no, it, it was up to you. Ultimately, like the application worked. Nobody needed to buy it. And can we actually talk about? Um, I'll take a break, and it's something that I want to talk to you about because I was going to tweet to you about it and decided not to. Because I feel like we needed, I wanted to talk to you about it a little bit more conversationally without people jumping in on me. Because mm-hmm. there's something I think I need to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's take a let's take a quick break and then do that because I want to I want to understand what what you mean by a certain phrase I saw you using. Okay. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the cloud, and you can get your server running in seconds of your own choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. It doesn't matter whether you're working on deploying your first server or a complex system. Linode are the folk to go to because they offer the fastest hardware and network support with outstanding customer support as well in case you need any help. It is so easy to launch a Linode cloud server, and their block storage is now available in Newark, Fremont, Dallas, Atlanta, Frankfurt, London, and Singapore, and will soon be released in Tokyo as well. And version four of Linux Rust API is Rustway API is out of beta and includes an officially supported Python command line interface. Doesn't that sound nice? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I just said, but I'm sure that people that would want to use Linode would be very excited about it. And right now, Linode are hiring that you can always go and check what they're looking for. Maybe there's an opportunity for you. Just go to linode.com slash careers and you can find out more information about that. Linode have pricing options to suit anyone for their virtual servers. Their plans start at just $5 a month and you get a gigabyte of RAM on your server and they offer high memory plans as well that start with 16 gigabytes of RAM or more. And Linode have a special offer for listeners of this show. If you go to Linode.com slash analog and use the promo code analog2019 at checkout, you will get $20 towards any Linode plan. So if you sign up for the one gigabyte of RAM plan to try it out, you get four free months right there. 
They have a seven-day money-back guarantee as well, so there's nothing to lose. So go give Linode a try. That's linode.com slash analog and the promo code analog2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I saw you tweet in a few days after the app came out, and you used the phrase bait and switch about Mm. your in-app purchase. Mm -hmm. And I feel like... I need to understand this a little more because <laughs> I don't think I could agree less with that statement than I do. So can you explain to me what happened that made you use that phrasing? Well, it, yeah, so there were a couple of very angry people on Twitter which have since been either blocked or muted. Well, I mean, there always are, right? Yeah, like, that's <laughs> fair enough. Just, there are angry people everywhere. Right, but there were a couple of very angry people that took me to task uh, about the fact that in the onboarding screens of Vignette, there was never any mention of in-app purchase, which was true. Okay. And sure, I didn't do that deliberately. Like that is the sort of move that, you know, a growth hacker or whatever would do in order to just get, you know, somebody's foot in the door. And then what happened was when you go to save the contacts, you know, save the, save the images to your contacts, it would pop up a little dialogue saying, Hey, okay, now it's time to pay me money. And right. some people understandably got upset about that. And we're like, no, no, well, don't say that phrase. Keep talking. Okay. Don't, well, don't just give into it just because people were mad at you. I want to talk about it. All first. Right. So, so I think the perspective, if, if I understood it right, was that, look, I downloaded this free app at no point until it was, until when I went to save it, was I, there ever even a hint of the fact that there was in-app purchase, which isn't exactly true, and we'll get to that in a minute, but there was no... No, it's not true at all, and it makes my blood boil, personally. <laughs> well, fair, and we'll, well, I'll, give you a ch- I'll give you a chance uh, once, uh, just in just a second, but mm-hmm. if you take the app as its own standalone entity and, don't, and ignore the fact that there's like seven different warnings to, in order to download the app that tell you about the in-app purchase, but if you take the app in and of itself, they were right that there was no explicit talk of an in-app purchase during the usage of Vignette until it gets to the point that I'm basically like, hey, screw you, give me money. And that made me feel really gross because it wasn't a deliberate choice. It is the sort of thing, like I said a moment ago, that people would make a deliberate choice about, but that was not a deliberate choice for me. But like, why is it bad if you make that choice? I just don't feel like it's being respectful of the user. I don't think it's bad, No, but I don't agree. I don't think it's bad. Like, it's not bad. No, it's not like, bad. It might not be exactly what you're going for, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, it's probably not bad. But I, I you know, I want to treat my users with the utmost amount of respect. And I want to make it clear what's happening to their data, why it's happening, where it's happening, etc. That's all great. That's That's like a completely different thing, though, right? Like, the idea of saying to someone, like, teasing them and being like, now give me money, right? That's just... It's just how business is. It's just how business works, right? Like, I mean, I, I think the idea of saying it is a bait and switch is, I don't like the wording because it makes it sound like you were trying to trick people. And by you saying it is like, phrasing it like that, I, I just don't like it. The thing is, if you are the type of person that is gets angry enough about this, like, you can just see it on the App Store page, like it tells you. Yeah. I check. If I'm downloading a free application that I don't see why it should be free, like games or whatever, I look at the App Store listing to see if it includes in-app purchases, and then I will make my decision about whether I want to continue from there. Like, So this is the thing that I do a lot with games. If I see a game that looks interesting, but it's free, I'm like, mm, okay, 
let me look at what the in-app purchases are, right? And then I will make my decision because sometimes it will say like remove ads or whatever. And I'm like, great, I'll get the I'll get the game because I like those types of in-app purchases, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I give you four dollars and then great. But if your in-app purchases is like six hundred bundle, six hundred coins, a b- bottle of bundle coin <laughs> baskets, right? Like I'm just not going to get it because I know what type of game it's going to be at that point. Or like I will think twice about it, right? Like if I'm just thinking like it looks mildly interesting, maybe I don't want to get sucked into a game like that, and I don't worry about it right but i i just think that if you are the type of person that's going to get so mad the fact that there is a public like default way of checking for in-app purchases that should be on you right like i don't think that it should have to be on somebody who's literally trying to make money to try and entice you to give them money right like and that is all you were doing and and i think the idea of calling that like an inherently bad thing I think is wrong. Like, I don't think it is inherently bad. Like what? Because you put it in the text of the, of the onboarding that fixes it. doesn't fix it. People don't read it. <laughs> so, point. so like, you know what I mean? Like, so now what? Yeah. I, I think that you did the perfect thing in, you showed people how effective the app would be for them before you asked them for money. But what you could have done was just made people pay for it and then they download it and they have one contact to update, mm-hmm. right? You put so much thought and effort into making sure it was fair for people. That's why I just don't like the idea of you feeling like you made a mistake because I do not think you did. I think you did everything perfectly fine. And if people have a problem with that, they're never going to give you money anyway. So why do you even care? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I don't know. It's, this is I think, like a problem I have with just people just trying to find something wrong. Agreed. Right? They are, this is like the blame culture that we are in now. Like people were just, tr- these people were trying to find something wrong with your application so they could complain to you about it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably fair. And I don't know. I think the thing of it was, was that I. I I didn't want it to be my fault if someone didn't pay attention and and didn't or if, I didn't want it to seem like I was deliberately doing this is the thing and without it being on the onboarding I agree with you nobody reads the onboarding nobody reads the onboarding completely agree <laughs> right? no argument but it at least I know that I have done my part to be clear and honest and so one of the two people that was complaining and moaning about this you know, on Twitter. Yeah, and they were replying to me, even though they don't follow me. I probably should have just known better. But anyway, yeah, pass. Says it's free. Free to show you that what it can find, but $4.99 to make it update your contacts. Sketch. Delete. And I'm like, dude, that wasn't on purpose. You know, I've, I'm, I've, at this point, I'd already sent something to Apple to fix it. Like, you know, and I said to this person, like, perhaps rather than assuming everyone around you is an a- consider that we're all just people doing the best we can with the little like blushing face and yeah, and this individual like doubled down about it and it got ugly quickly which is why i just ended up muting them but it still made me feel gross that somebody was of the opinion that i had done this kind of bait and switch and even though i think they were absolutely bananas to feel that way there is at least a shred of truth that i can see in their perspective even though I think they're bananas, and I want to make sure I fix it. No, I, 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 I have no, I have just, I have no sympathy for this argument, right? Like because this is just the, the, the all this is is just assuming that software should be free. Yeah, that's all this is. It's this has got absolutely, in my opinion, zero to do 
with the information you provided them because they wouldn't have gone that far if they knew you had to pay for it. They just never would have done it. So then what's the harm? <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I know. I, and I think ultimately, if I'm really honest with myself and with you and with the listeners, I think what it boils down to is I'm just too prideful and I don't want it to be, I don't want it to seem like I was doing something that I wouldn't appreciate right. others doing. No, I understand that. But like, but it just annoys me when I have to see you like taking a knee unnecessarily, in my opinion, and apologizing hat in hand to people, right? Like, I just think that it's silly. Like, it annoys me that you were put into a position where you had to acknowledge that you were doing a thing that you weren't doing. Yeah, but I, to some degree, that was my own... Well, to a large degree, that was my own choice, right? Because I, I felt like I would rather acknowledge this and say, look, you right, could... By acknowledging it, it makes it seem like you did it. Well, I mean, I would... Yes, but I would hope that people... Well, maybe not you know, random people, but the people who, who care about whether or not I'm a big jerk, I would hope that they would know me enough to know, like, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this was an honest mistake, and I wouldn't be falling all over myself if if it was deliberate, you know? And I, I felt like if I just own this up front, my thought and the, the way I view it is, if I own this honest mistake up front, which I do think is minor, and I do think I blew a bit out of proportion, but it's important to me. And if I own this mistake up front and make it clear that this is not what I stand for, and I, and I am calling attention to this minor issue because that's how important it is to me that that is not how I treat my users. And so... I I I don't know if I would have handled it differently if I were to do it again, other than to not not engage on Twitter, which is you know story of my life. But uh, I I I don't think I feel bad about fixing it, nor about saying, look, you know, I I, th I could be misconstrued to be doing a bait and switch, and that is not at all what I want. So I've made it more plain going forward that there is a cost involved. No, it's fine. It's fine to put it in there, like, but it just. It just, it just frustrates me. Oh, it frustrated the crap out of me because, you know, I know my intentions. And of course, nobody else does, but I know my intentions. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, never in a million years did I intend to avoid mentioning an in-app purchase. I, it's not that I didn't think, it's not that it was a choice. I just, I, in fact, I I had thought it was on the onboarding screen until the, the, a couple of people were complaining about it. And then I went back and looked, I was like, oh, holy crap. I never did put it on onboarding. I actually thought it was there. So it really and truly was an honest mistake. And like I said, it really just boils down to me just being too prideful. It's just so, like, it's just so funny to me of like, how far up the stack do we need to go? Does it need to be in the title of the application? <laughs> right? Like you could just keep sure. going further back, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, well, you had it in there because it told you before you had to actually do it. So it's mm -hmm. like, oh, but that wasn't enough. So we go a step back again. It's like, well, is it on the onboarding screen? Well, you should tell me before I download the application. Well, like, surprise, it's in the app store listing. Yeah, right. But you know what I mean? It's yeah, just yeah. like, I, yeah, I, I, it just frustrated me because one, I just didn't want you to have to have any negative feelings on that day because you didn't deserve them. Like, you didn't, you deserved, in my opinion, good feelings. Like, I just don't, you know, we've all been in these situations where like you've been working on something for so long and then like you put it out there and people are happy and you're happy but then people are mad and it makes you sad and like it's just so unfortunate to have to go through it when the the complaints are coming from these like really strange points of view and you know everyone's again it's like everyone can feel how they want to but like they don't necessarily have to tell you yeah yeah it's funny really like you can have an opinion or a feeling you don't actually have to share it 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't that wild? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? It's crazy. Yeah. Like, just a crazy thought that, like, you actually don't have to tell somebody directly what you think about them all the time. Like, it... I know it's like wild to the rest of the world to assume such a thing, but the the best part about this, if I can just put a quick period at the end of the sentence, is that the same individual that was complaining, uh, they continued and just bear with me here. You know, I never said you were an a hole, but now you're a stranger with all my contact data that you gathered before the price surprise. Yeah, I don't feel good about that. Funny enough, they didn't <laughs> read the screens, yeah, did they? Turns out, and so I replied, "That's the thing. I don't have any of your data. It's on your device. Thanks for proving my but point." But isn't that in the onboarding screen <laughs> yes, that it you is. fixed? It is. So they didn't read it yeah, exactly. because nobody reads them. Exactly. So the whole point of the argument was pointless. Right, and that's the thing is oh that oh my god, I, that was it was such an unbelievably beautifully packaged self own, and I think oh. this individual still does not understand how badly they yourself. owned. Yep, congratulations, you played yourself. I really don't think this oh. individual realizes how badly they played themselves. <laughs> but it was I saw you that. You should have told me. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, oh my god, you really just have no freaking clue what you're talking about, which was amazing. So that the is one, so. Good. good the one good thing that came of this otherwise miserable exchange was this just unbelievable self own at the very end of it before i muted them oh my um, god which was which was i delightful. can't believe it i can't believe isn't, that isn't that so good that is the best thing <laughs> oh god it's only but it proves the point though doesn't it right it does it actually really does prove your point 100 percent. this is like i mean this is you're in you're in the customer support business now you're never going to make yep. people happy yep yep you're exactly right uh, I do want to briefly talk about revenue. Um, <laughs> I, this is going to be very quick because the answer it's going to have to be brief. <laughs> it's going to have to be brief because I've been talking to Mike about this privately. I don't know what my revenue is yet. And the reason is, is in App Store Connect, uh, used to be known as iTunes Connect, which is basically the, the place where you go to upload your app and manage it and so on. In there, there's several different you know sections of it. One of them is your apps. One of them is analytics. And one of them is sales and trends. And as I posted on my uh, update post uh, yesterday... If I go to sales and trends, whatever it's called, sales and something, uh, when I go there and I look at what my sales are, it says you haven't made any sales yet, which is funny because I know of at least, I don't know, a couple of thousand people that if, I mean, I exaggerate some, but you get my point that there have definitely been a fair number of people who have said, oh my gosh, I bought this and it was wonderful. And so yeah, sales and trends says you don't have any sales yet. Please try again later. If you need more help, contact us. So I have contacted Apple via email. <laughs> like, I do need help. Yes, I do. I've contacted Apple. <laughs> Funny, you should say. <laughs> Funny, you should say that. Uh, I've contacted Apple uh, via email. I've contact- contacted them via phone. I've called in favors with friends that work at Apple. And last I heard, nobody knew what the crap was going on, and nobody understood why this was uh, why this was an issue. So, and again, time is a flat circle. It's very possible that that this day is messed up because of something that they're going to do next week right yeah maybe maybe yeah but one way or another uh, after we after you and i get off the call mike i plan on calling apple again and being like guys i kind of would really like to know how this is gone can you please tell me um now if you look at the analytics section of itunes connect or app store connect or whatever uh it does show you sales data but it's there in some ways it's a little unclear what that means and, and and so on but if i take that sales data as fact um, I don't plan on sharing numbers, but I will say that it has gone better than I than I expected, and I am extraordinarily Good. thankful and happy about it. And uh, and and it if the if this continues to make a few dollars, you know, once the launch curve, you know, festoosh settles down, if it continues to make what? a few dollars a day, so what was that word you just used? Festoosh. Yeah, is that not a real word? Maybe that's a list. I don't know. I've never heard it before. I don't even know how to spell it. Fest. 
Is this one of those things where like you pronounce it really weirdly? Probably, yeah, probably is. <laughs> it's Festouche. actually just like success or something. Uh, Festouche, defining anything. Uh, this is defining.com. Festouche. Someone who does not know what Festouche means. <laughs> I thought oh, it was really? like a, that's oh well, maybe. Uh, oh, that is not the spelling I expected. So Urban Dictionary, tread lightly, is F-E-S-T-O-U-C-H-E. That is not what I expected. What I was going for was F-E-S-T-O-O-S-H. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe I'm using this wrong. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll cut this all in post. So the point is, after the big no, launch... No, we won't. No, we won't. After the big launch uh, event, you know, obviously everything will trickle down to probably not very much. But the launch event has, has gotten me... Um, has gotten me a pretty good return. If this analytics data is accurate, which I don't know yet, uh, it's gotten me a pretty good return on my time investment, which I'm pretty happy, happy about. Uh, of course, this is where Mike starts lecturing me about time tracking and, oh, we're out no, of time. Already, I'll see I've you next week, tried. guys. There's no point. There's no point. I've already tried. I've tried a million times. I even tried privately today. <laughs> yes, like, you did. It's, it's, you know, this was, this was the actual thing that you really needed to know, but you just, you decide not to know it. And so <laughs> that's that for you, really. Yeah. You just have to work it out on the back of envelope mathematics, which will never get you the answer that you need. So you're never actually going to know, but I hope that you're happy with the numbers you tell yourself. Yeah. So what you're missing out on is Mike and I, and, and a couple other people were talking on Slack earlier and, and, you know, we were talking about, oh, given the time I put into this app, you know, what is like my hourly earnings, you know, so if I spent and I'm making this up, if I spent a 1000 hours on on this app, am I making $10 an hour? Am I making $50 an hour or $500 an hour? And, and I knew that Mike's, you know, your keyboard fingers were twitching, you know, you're ready to rock and, and start lecturing uh-huh. me about it. And, and you, you came through and you didn't lecture me, but you came through and started bringing up time tracking. And, and it was quickly apparent to both of us, I think that that even though I can see why it would have been helpful in this particular scenario. To me, that juice was not worth the squeeze. And I feel like I've gotten to what you mentioned earlier, a back-of-the-envelope calculation. That's in the ballpark enough to answer my question, which I know drives Mike insane. So I wanted to give you the chance to lecture me publicly about how I should be time-tracking. I have nothing to say to you that I haven't already said to you, both on this show and privately. Like you, it's kind of, I think just the thing that's craziest to me is like you clearly want the answers, but you won't do the work to get them. Well, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, all joking aside, I do think that's fair. And like, and I think that that's the wildest part of it to me. It's like, yeah, I know that it can be tricky sometimes to to do time tracking stuff. Because and I understand that like you were saying to me, like, what if I'm switching from mode to mode? It's like sometimes you have to let it be not completely accurate, but you'll at least get a better picture than trying to work it out in your head. Because trying to work it out in your head is 100% wrong. <laughs> Like all the time, it is because people are just really bad at estimating time. Yeah, but yeah, that's fair. You've already you've already decided to not do it. So, congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, let's let's actually let's take our second break, and then uh, we we've got like a ton of really great relay feels from who I am dubbing Brad the Champion for sending mm. in like a Concur. million recently. So Concur. that's we're gonna go through some of those. Uh, today's episode is brought to you as well by our friends over at ExpressVPN. Cybercrime, it feels like something from movies. Um, it's hard to imagine someone wanting to hack in and get your information, but stealing data using public Wi-Fi is an easy way for bad people to make money. And it doesn't just, it, it, like, it's something that will happen to normal people like me and you because internet connections can be unencrypted. You can be connecting to public networks 
It may not be completely safe. And then your information could be vulnerable. But there's something that you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals, and that is to use ExpressVPN. Not tomorrow, sometime next week. Try it today. You can try it out right now. I'm going to tell you how you can do that in a minute. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing, encrypting your data, and hiding your public IP address. There are easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of any of your devices. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just a click, and you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it is the one that Michael uses too. Uh, ExpressVPN provided me with an account, and I have been so happy with my service there. I think they gave me like a certain period of time. I don't remember how much it was, but once that ends, I am going to be putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to be signing up for my own account because I think it works really great. Um, it's very fast. It's very easy to enable on all my devices. Um, I like that I can say my location is one place, even though it might be a different one. Um, I'm a big fan of it. It's a, it's a great service, and I'm very happy with it, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee as well. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com analog to learn more and protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com analog. That is expressvpn.com analog for three months free of a one-year package. Well, thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. So Brad the Champion sent in an email to us recently with a wonderful long list of a Relay Your Feels questions varying in, in theme and topic and style. And I figured that we would go through some of these today. And we'll start with, what is the best and worst haircut or hairstyle you've <laughs> ever had? And do you have thoughts of doing anything drastic someday? So the best is always what my current one is, right? <laughs> is, would be my expectation. Yeah. Um, at least where I am in my life right now, because we spoke about this before. I'm not losing hair yet. Um, oh, and I hopefully won't, you know. So like I feel like I'm still in my prime for that, right? Like I feel like my best hair is my current hair because I'm making decisions about style. My worst hair is probably when I had frosted tips. Ah, uh, you went through one of those phases as well. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I used I used to have spiky hair when spiky hair was a thing. Mm -hmm. And there was a period in my life where I had blonde hair dye on the very tips of mm -hmm. those spikes. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was a thing. It was a thing. I can't believe it ever looked good, right? But we all thought that it did. I don't I don't know if I agree with you there because I also I don't have pictures of this by the way. It, I really don't. I also went through a frosted tip phase in college. And at the time, this was early 2000s, at the time, I actually stand by that it was considered to be a good look. And I mean, sure. No, no, no. This is what I'm saying. At the time, it was considered to be a good look. But I can't believe that even at the time, we thought that it was. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But yeah, I went through that phase. Um, I don't know. I don't particularly like the way I style my hair today, but I haven't come up with a better way to do it without looking like a 70-year-old dude. Um, so if you have recommendations, let me know. But uh, but no, I think my worst is either my frosted tips phase or um, right in the beginning of middle school. So this is when I was, I don't know, 12-ish. I had stopped... I'd stop doing like a part down, you know, down the side. Actually, not dissimilar from what Mike is doing, but you do yours looks so much better than mine did. Um, I had like a part down the side or something like that. Well, anyways, I started taking an obscene amount of mousse to my hair every morning and just slicking it straight back like some mobster from like a seventies, you know, 
Goodfellas style movie, and it it was preposterous. I don't know why I did it, but uh, that was also real bad. And and I'm not in love with my hair right now. I wish I could do something without gel that didn't look silly. Uh, my hair tends to poof straight up if I don't push it in a direction with you know some sort of product. But uh, but no, I, I think my worst was either the frosted tips or the um, the imposter, you know, twelve year old gangster. Mm, okay. Um. No one will ever be able to tell me that my shoulder length hair was a bad thing. Oh, I meant to, we got sidetracked. I meant to bring that up. You had sent me once years ago a picture mm-hmm. of you with long hair and no beard. And yeah, yeah. I showed, I looked at it and didn't think it was you. And I had to look at it like sideways before I believed you. Mm-hmm. And then I brought Aaron in and was like, hey, who do you think this is? And she was like, I have no freaking clue who that is. And I said, that's Mike. No, it's exactly. not. No, it's not. I said, no, no, really. That's Mike. No, it's not. No, Aaron, really. It's Mike. What? No. Oh my God, it's Mike. <laughs> I used to have really long, beautiful brown hair. Let's put that in the show notes, Mike. I don't think I'm going to do that. (laughs) I didn't think so. I don't think I'm going to do that because I don't want people to tell me they don't like it because I always think back fondly to that to that hair yeah it, it was impressive i gotta tell you just seeing you without a beard alone is worth the price of admission even if you clipped off the top of your head for the purposes of the uh for the purposes i, of I the got show my notes. beard trimmed today and i thought to myself i wonder what it would be like to get rid of it i i would love you to do that for me because i think it would be i think it would be cool to see and i think it would be interesting to, for you to change it up no, I, but i know I, I would hate it i think immediately. you would hate it immediately. That's the problem yep. i think i need to wait like maybe 10 years until like i feel like my my face would look like it would be old enough <laughs> right like i need to wait until maybe i'm just like just a little more i don't know chiseled i don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen to me right but it happens to some men when they get into their yeah. 40s right mm-hmm. like that they just get that look where their face is kind of just like it's it's become what it is now this is your final face <laughs> uh, right i feel like that <laughs> happens to men like in kind of like later on right and it, and it works well for some people. It doesn't work well for everyone, but it works well for some people. And I think I need to wait to see if that's where I'm going to be. But by that point, I, you know, if my, if I, my beard starts to go gray, that's like a whole other level. And like, I don't think I want to miss out on that. So. <laughs> I'm already there, brother. Well, I mean, but that's good, though. I know, I know, I, I know. Think, I think a salt and pepper beard looks good on a man. Where do you want to be and what do you want to be doing in 35 years' time? I want to be retired. <laughs> Right? Yeah, because right. I'm like, what? Well, I'll be nearly seventy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't want to. I feel like I never want to stop working completely, but I want to feel at least like I'm retired at that point. Right? That I don't have to work anymore, and that everything I'm doing is purely for my own enjoyment, rather than like also the requirement to put food on the table. I would agree with that. I'll be seventy-two in thirty-five years, and. Yeah, I would hope I'm around. Oof. First of all, I hope I'm just here mm-hmm. to begin with. But second of all, um, yep. you know, I hope I'm I'm doing what I want to do, just like you said. And if that's working by some measure, it's fine. You know, I mean, if podcasting is still a thing in 35 years, and somehow I'm still relevant in 35 years, it which I doubt, be. I doubt both of those. I'm sure, things. there'll be something else that we'll be doing, but it won't be podcasting. Well, whatever the case may be, I mean, if I'm still doing that in 35 years, sweet. But as far as I'm concerned, I hope I'm just doing what I want to do. Uh, hopefully, living close to you know both of my children, if such a thing is possible, and uh, hopefully oh, just damn, happy, yeah. you know. Yeah, and like where I know this is such a fluffy answer, but I will want to be wherever it is I want to be. Like I don't want to have gotten to that point in my life and not be living in the place that we always want to live in, wherever yeah. that ends up being mm-hmm. over the next thirty-five years. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I think if I were to pick a specific geographic locale sitting here today, I'd probably want to go back to Charlottesville, which is only an hour west of where I am right now. But I I reflect extremely fondly on living in Charlottesville and in some ways regret having moved. And What's stopping you now, though? that's an excellent question that Aaron and I ask ourselves like once a month. And the answer is a couple things. First of all, uh, it's actually more expensive in Charlottesville than it is in Richmond. Last I looked for like housing and things like that. Uh, but, but more importantly, you know, we have both friends and family based out of Richmond, uh, almost exclusively, you know, we do have my, my parents are outside of Charlottesville. Um, but you know, most of our core group of friends and family and whatnot are all in Charlottesville. And in, or excuse me, in Richmond. And so if we were in Charlottesville, then we would have to commute an hour to see our friends and stuff like that. And that's just, mm. that just does not sound fun. And it's not that we dislike Richmond. I don't like, I don't dislike Richmond at all. It's just that I reflect so fondly on Charlottesville and probably that's a lot of rose colored glasses as well. I was going to say, how much time have you spent there? So it was right after I graduated college. I was there from no, 2000. Since. Well, since uh, we go in a couple times a year, I'd say to Charlottesville, you know, we go to my parents you know, once a month, maybe once every other month, but, um, they're about 20, 30 minutes from Charlottesville. Uh, we go into Charlottesville proper a couple times a year. And I always Im- immediately, I talk about the 300 different things I miss about Charlottesville. But, you know, I think a lot of the reason I love Charlottesville so much is because that's what, that's where I fell in love. You know, Aaron and I met in Charlottesville. We our first shared home was in Charlottesville. And by that, I mean an apartment, but nevertheless, you know, all of that happened in Charlottesville. And so, I wonder if I were to move there tomorrow, if I could just snap my fingers and move to Charlottesville tomorrow, I wonder if I would really like it as much as I think I would because Charlottesville is a very different city than it was 10 years ago when we moved to Richmond. It's, it's much bigger, it's busier, et cetera. And you know, it's not, we're, we're, we're at a different stage in our lives now than we were then, which is not a bad thing by any means. But I think in a lot of ways I want to, you know, what's the turn of phrase. I, I want to you know recapture that magic or whatever. And I don't know that that magic is the same anymore because we have two children. You know, we have a house and you know, we would have to presumably buy a house and we have to you know, deal with children things. And so it's not the same as it, it would not be the same tomorrow as it was 10 years ago. What was the first and last piece of entertainment to make you cry? This is very funny. So I'm cheating because I have seen what Mike has answered in the show notes because Mike is very diligent about answering these things in the show notes and I just rattle things off the top of my head. The first movie that I can remember making me cry, which I saw when I was like 12, 14, something like that. It says it was 1998. So what would I, I was 16 then? Man, I feel like I was, I was younger, but whatever, uh, was Patch Adams, which you have also listed in the show oh, notes. Get out! I swear to Get God. Get out of here! You're you are a, f- a fake and a cheater no, and a liar. No, I am a liar. It was it was Robin Williams, but it wasn't Patch Adams. What was the one where he gets old really fast? That's what it was. That's why it seemed wrong. Ah, uh, shoot! I'm gonna have to stall for time. But um, there was a movie that he was in where he it was Jack. Maybe is that the name of it? Mm, yeah, ninety six. That makes that still makes me fourteen. That's it. It was Jack. Uh, I'm sorry. So I was close. It was Robin Williams, but it was a different movie. It was Jack from 1996. And the end of that movie, which I only barely remember, and I, w- and I will not spoil, I remember sitting in the movie theater crying at, I guess, 14 years old and thinking... Maybe this was mine. Oh, yeah. You see, you fake, you cheater, and you liar. I see how it is. Uh, the end of the movie huh. involved a graduation speech, and that is the all I will say. That is yeah. all I will say, is that there was a graduation speech at the end, and I just remember being like, oh my God, this is the saddest thing I've ever hmm. seen in my life. I'm going to say 
I I think it was Patch Adams for me, but now I'm not like a hundred percent sure. Yeah, see, but I know I know that Patch Adams made me cry. I think it did me as well, actually. Uh, I think I'm I think I'm going to stick with Patch Adams as being first, and then maybe I saw Jack later because I just have such visceral memories of I was young, I was real young, right? Like if I watched it kind of around the time it came out, I saw it on TV, so I was maybe like eleven, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I remember it making me cry and I couldn't understand it. (laughs) Right? Because like it wasn't sad in the same way like I was crying at like a hopeful moment or like a happy moment, you know? Like and it was like I didn't really get it. Yeah, that was that. Patch Adams. The most recent uh, piece of entertainment was Avengers Endgame where I cried for about an hour. No spoilers. (laughs) Of that movie. Um, throughout the entire thing. I cried throughout the entire thing. I actually, on the episode of The Incomparable that I'm on, I give an itemized list of all of the things that made me cry. Because <laughs> there was a lot. There was oh, like 20 word. separate things that made me cry to different variances. I, I at some points in, this, in that movie, was like sobbing crying, like body shaking crying. It was bad news for me, that one. I loved it. <laughs> it was bad news for me. I loved it. Yeah, oh, I like word. that feeling. I like things making me cry when it's like, I like movies that made me cry. So the most recent piece of entertainment that I can think of that made me cry was probably an episode of This Is Us, which is a very lovely program that's on NBC, but it is, especially the first season was really sad in a lot of parts. Yeah, I've stayed away from that show because everyone tells me how upset it makes them. I know that seems weird, but like what of what I just said, like I like stuff that makes me cry, but I also don't seek it out. Yeah, I, I do think the show is worth it. I really, truly do, because it is, it, especially after the first season, I feel like the first season was like gut punch after gut punch. Um, uh-huh. Not to say that it was bad by any means. I stuck with it because I did enjoy it, but it got less consistently gut punchy after the first season, maybe two tops. Um, but that one, it is, I'd say one out of every two episodes that I watch, I cry over. Um if it if not, this is us. A couple other really really quick options. Um, we rewatched Scrubs from start to finish, which I think I brought up on the show uh, a couple of months ago. And the last episode of the first real run of Scrubs. So they, it it had a run, and then they kind of brought it back with like part of the cast, and it got just kind of weird after that. Um, but the first r- real run of Scrubs, the very last episode, the series finale that ended up not being the season, the series finale. And I will get you a uh, a episode number here in a second, but that one just makes me cry my eyes out pretty much every time I watch it because I love Scrubs. It might be my favorite comedy ever, and season eight, episode eighteen, called my finale. Um, it just ruins me every time I watch it, and and I just love that episode, and it makes me so sad, but it's also happy sad at the same time. Um, and I, I just really, really love that. And then the other one, oh, this is before they brought it back. Exactly. Yeah. This is when they really thought it was for real Dunzo and then it ended up, it wasn't for real Dunzo. (laughs) But, uh, the other one that I, that I cried over very recently and this brings us back to Charlottesville is, uh, a few months ago, maybe a year ago, there's a program that only airs every once in a while called neighborhood sessions. And it was season one, episode three. And it was about Dave Matthews band, which was slash sometimes is my favorite band of all time. And 
uh, they were based out of Charlottesville, and that's not why I moved to Charlottesville. That was completely circumstantial. But they, you know, came from Charlottesville, and they were doing a it was, it was like a forty five minute documentary on the band, and particularly Dave Matthews himself pumping a lot of money back into Charlottesville and and trying to you know bring up some of the poorer sections of Charlottesville and so on. And that one, I think, because of my history with Charlottesville, just punches me right in the gut because it shows me how great the people are in Charlottesville and, and all the great parts Man. of Charlottesville that I miss. And so if you love Charlottesville so much, why don't you just marry it? I know, right? I should. Oh, if only Jeez. it were legal. But anyway, uh yeah, so that that one was also recent. And that one will be harder to find. You could find scrubs, uh probably. And certainly This Is Us you can find as well. And I do recommend both Scrubs and This Is Us. What keyboard shortcut or gesture do you wish that everybody knew about and used frequently? Wow, that's whiplash, man. That's like mm -hmm. complete 180. Uh, I have two, only one of which I can actually remember the to how to verbalize it. It's not just plain muscle memory. It is Command-Shift-4 on the Mac, which uh, lets you drag a crosshair around the screen in order to take a, sc a screenshot, or Command-Shift-4 yep. and then hitting the space bar will let you take an image of, an, of a single window on your Mac. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah, and That's so nice. then it'll drop that image on your desktop, and you can do with it as you please. The other one that I really like, and one that I cannot verbalize to save my life, and I forget where I read this, but I just recently found it out, but if you're in Xcode, so this is already like super specific, but if you're in Xcode and you're in a function, so you're in a block of code, and it takes like four or five different buttons at once. I'm trying to do it now, and I can't for the life of me remember it. But there's a way in which you can copy like whoops, copy like qualified symbol name or something like that. I can't figure out oh the darn God. keystroke. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. I don't understand anything you're saying, and you don't know what it is. No, here we go. I'm bringing it around. I'm bringing it around. Okay. So it is shift command option copy control copy shift command option control copy so the 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 edit menu in xcode it's literally what are you talking about control copy there's no key called copy oh sorry c c c well so yeah, so i'm a disaster okay let me try this again so it is so it's shown it's shown in xcode's menu I sh i'll try to remember to put a picture in the show notes it's an it's an it's a carrot the option symbol the shift symbol the command symbol c so it is insane. That's the dumbest keyboard shortcut it is. I've ever heard in my life. It is truly terrible. If you use two hands for a keyboard shortcut, then you've gone too far. You can do it with one, but it's not easy. But what this is very useful for is it will copy the name of a block of code, so a function in code, which is really useful if you're trying to send that to like a coworker or just some, or something like that. And so, and it copies it in like a standard formatting way, and it's it's really really convenient. So. Uh, it, that helps almost no one, but it is very, very nice and very useful. But well, tell me about something that will actually help people, because I bet yours are actually good. Command Option D on a keyboard attached to an iPad will bring up the dock. What? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's very useful. There you go. Huh, turns out. So if you need to bring up the dock, Command Option D will do it. Well, how about that? It's particularly useful if you use something like a bridge or like Studio Needs Canopy, where like a lot of these things that can kind of just ever so slightly make it a little bit more tricky to get to the dock with the swipe up from the mm, on the on, mm -hmm, on the iPad. Mm -hmm. But I I never use the swipe up. I just use this keyboard shortcut. Hmm. I did not know that. That's very cool. Um, what is the thing in your life that you really want to organize or tidy, but just can't seem to find the time? Oh. My entire office is the answer to that question. <laughs> I, a, yes. Um, I agree with that. Uh, 
my attic in my house is not an utter disaster, but it is not far from it. And Aaron has been telling me for a long time that uh, that we need to, you know, kind of go through the attic and reorganize it and so on. Uh, and she's right. I would love to be able to do that and or my office. My office isn't terrible. And I've I've organized it several times in the past several months. And it's gotten to the point that it's at least slightly presentable. It's a real scene in here. Yeah. There's boxes everywhere. It's just... It's bad. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pingdom. Everybody loves a fast website, and Pingdom are the company who make website performance monitoring super easy. They help some of your favorite sites stay online and stay moving quick. Netflix, Relay FM, Amazon, Spotify, Twitter, BuzzFeed, Slack. These are just a handful of companies that use Pingdom to take care of their website monitoring. Websites are very complicated, but you can monitor any type of site transaction with Pingdom. Stuff like user registrations and logins and checkouts and so much more. It's not just about is my entire website up or down. Little things can break, and if any disaster strikes, Pingdom will make sure that you are the first to know because they care about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. It is so easy to get started with Pingdom. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor and they take care of the rest. That is it. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now and you'll get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code analog at checkout and you'll get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. Mike, what is your number one hope or dream for your f- child or future child? And uh, this is Brad the Champion adding, you can't say to be happy. I want them, uh, hopefully if there is a them, to never feel pressured to have a specific type of career. Ooh, that's very good. Either from me or from society. Because I don't have a typical job and that made me happier. When I had a typical job, when I followed the path that was set out for me or the path that I was encouraged to to pursue, I was unhappy. And it wasn't until I took control of it myself um, that I was able to find happiness in my life. Mm. So I hope that I'm always able to encourage them to follow their bliss. That's very good. I, I, I echo that. You know, and similarly... And this is kind of a cop out too, to be honest with you, but I want them, I want them to be able to be themselves. And I think part of growing up is to figure out how to meld the real and true you to your surroundings. You know, um, we all have internal monologues where we want to say things, but we know it's not right. Or we all have hobbies that we maybe want to do, but don't, or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, this obviously plays into uh, our increased attention to like gender identity and stuff like that. And I'm not specifically talking about that, but in general, I just want them to be themselves and feel empowered to be themselves, which is very similar to what you're saying, Mike, but I want them to feel like they can be themselves and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of, for me being a very nerdy person growing up, I feel like a lot of the, the way I remember my childhood is that a lot of it, it was me hiding a part of myself or not embracing a part of myself because I felt like it wasn't cool or wasn't the right thing to do. And I think that'll be true of every kid for the rest of time. But I feel like it seems to me like we are doing better as a society with letting everyone, including kids, do better at being themselves. So a silly example of this is that Declan really loves the color pink. And we're trying very hard not to pump the brakes on that because society says it's a girl's color, you know, and we're trying mm-hmm. to 
embrace that w- within reason and and as anywhere we reasonably can. And it's a very stupid example, but it's an example of what I'm thinking. Like, if you want to like Pink Man, then like Pink. That's cool. Whatever. Do it. Yeah, I was always very appreciative of the fact that I can't think back into my life at a time where that was, where those kinds of things were enforced on me. Like, I had a Ken doll and like a, this like Barbie camper RV thing. That's awesome. When I was a, when I was a little boy. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, I always, I think about it fondly and I'm appreciative of my mom for in the 90s being cool with that. Yeah, that is very forward thinking. So, yeah, I, I was, I think back to that fondly now, like with 2019 perspective, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that she did that for me. Have you told her that? And I was, I was no, because I don't think she would necessarily get it in the way I mean it. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. I think like for her, it's just like, you can just have whatever you want. Like, I just want you to be happy. Whereas like for me, it's like a different, it's like, it's just like, it means something different now to that. What app or web service that has either not been updated recently or has gone away would you want to be resurrected? Um, I was thinking about this and I thought of audio. Hmm. Audio was so good for music discovery. I know of it, but I never used it. It was just a music streaming service, right? That was like super focused on, it, it would automatically share the social, like you, you, you would follow people, right? You'd have like a little social network you would follow people and it would automatically show you what people were listening to. It would aggregate it. You could go onto somebody's specific page and see what's in their, like, their heavy rotation and stuff. And lots of streaming services have tried to add some of these features in, but audio was built around it at the core and that made it very, very different. Like I discovered more music as an audio user than I have in any other way, like outside of me looking for it actively. Right? Like, from from when I stopped reading music magazines, like this was this is the way that I found the most music, and I liked it because it was like I could see what was trending and that kind of stuff. And you get a little bit of that with like Apple Music today, but it's it's very different. It's 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 not the same. I miss audio for that. Well, that's a good. One. I I never used audio, but I, like I said, I'm familiar with it, and uh, that that sounds really good. Uh, it's funny because you know I there was another caveat here from Brad the Champion. And it says, I know Casey's going to say Everpix. We all know it's going to happen. I pray every day he finally switches to iCloud Photo Library, but shruggy. <laughs> and that is the most obvious answer is um, I can't really... You're probably on the better service anyway, though, right? Google Photos? It's uh, probably better. Well, mm, yes and no. The Google Photos uploader changed several months ago, and it does not work anymore on my computer. So... <laughs> I only so the only stuff that's going into the only stuff that's going into Google Photos for me is stuff I take on my phone, which is not necessarily the pictures I most care about. And so Everpix or Picture what Life. What do you mean it one. doesn't work on your computer? It's is it just you, Casey List is having a problem, or is no, there something bigger? It seems like if you have all of your photos stored on a uh, on a hard drive that is not physically attached to your computer on a network attached storage, uh-huh. then then it all craps the bed. And there isn't. A Synology Google Photos. I've looked into uploader. this. Well, Synology does have its own Google Photos knockoff, which is not good. Plex has a Google Photos knockoff, which is okay. Um, no, I mean it's like an upload, and not as a storage oh, yeah, solution. Yeah. There, there I are don't mechanisms. Use Synology's photo exactly. App. Uh, there are mechanisms by which you can upload to a Google, uh, but to get it integrated with Google Photos, so you can you can use a Synology to upgrade to Google Drive or upload to Google Drive, but to get that Google Drive data into Google Photos is very weird and convoluted. And last I looked into it, it's not possible. 
Now, this is the same reason I don't use iCloud photo libraries because my photo library is like a couple of terabytes or something like that. I don't remember how big it is, but it's big enough that I can't put it physically on my iMac. And so what I think I'm going to have to do one of these days is just buy an external hard drive that I physically attach to my iMac. And that's how I'll use iCloud photo library and or Google Photos. And then that will be the point that will be the original photo library. It will get replicated to the Synology and then replicated to whatever cloud service I end up using at that time. If you had to upgrade your headphones right now, what would you buy? Uh, I don't have an exact model name or anything like that, but my dad has a pair of their, I believe they're ultimate ears, although ultimate ears, I think got bought up and mostly sunset by Logitech, but they're ultimate ears. But the key is that they're in-ear monitors. And this is the kind of thing that a musician would do, right? Like he had to go get his ears poured is what they call it. So you get a mold made of your ears and then they stick like, you know, two or three speakers, like little tiny speakers inside these molds. And that's what you use as your headphones. And I would love to try dad's, you know, in-ear, in-ear monitors, um, aside from the whole earwax grossness thing, but they're physically shaped for his ears. So there's no way for me to try them. And I would love one day to spend the money to get my ears poured and get, get a nice mold made and get just really incredible in-ear monitors. Um, I would probably get those Sony ones that everyone likes to WH-1000XM3. Oh, but obviously I'm those. Just, I'm just not... It's like the Sony noise-canceling headphones. They're like the current champions, these Sony ones. that Everybody seems to like them. Um, but I don't really like noise-canceling that much. So mm. I right now just have like a, a set of Bose, like the H6 or whatever. They're wired, um, and they're fine. They're fine. I just use them when I travel and, and they do the job. Like just when I'm on like an airplane and I want to watch a movie on my iPad. They're the only headphones I use like that. I use uh, for, for recording. I actually have to take them off now so I can remember the name of them because I always forget. I use the Bayer Dynamic DT770 Pro headphones. Same. Uh, and I absolutely love them. They are very good headphones in general. They're very, yeah. very good. Very, 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 very nice. We bought Adina the other ones, like the uh, open back ones. I don't remember what they're called now, but you can, people can find them. But we got those for the piano, and they're incredible. That's very cool. Mike, uh, what's your favorite scent of candle? Don't have an answer for this. I wondered if you would. No, I don't think so. I, I definitely don't mind having a candle. You know, I was, yeah, I was I like playing, it. but that's not right at all. <laughs> playing can i have a candle on yeah exactly is that what you do? I, don't, I don't even know what do you do what do you do uh but no I, I don't have anything against candles but i don't have any particular favorite scent or anything like that mike do you have a favorite dessert no. ice cream mm. hmm. what about it's gelato ice cream i like gelato too uh, i like sorbet mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. that j- just tends to be what I like the most is is those kinds of like desserts because I'm always happy. I feel like I feel like I can always be happy with an ice cream, and I like I like interesting flavors. Like one of my favorite restaurants in London is a small chain of Indian restaurants called Dishoom, and they have like a cinnamon ice cream that I like a lot. Um, I like ice cream. I, I do quite like ice cream. There's a, a local joint that just that does gelato near us called Gelati Celesti, which is excellent. However. My favorite dessert has to be Aaron's fresh apple pie. So this is like the Charlottesville episode. Uh, So Uh there's an orchard uh, just outside Charlottesville. We will go. We will pick apples. We will bring the apples home. Aaron will make an apple pie. And she makes a 
freaking phenomenal apple pie. And so that apple pie right out of the oven, especially with a little vanilla ice cream on top. Oh, my word. Mm-mm-mm. That is where it's at. Uh, thank you to Brad, the champion, for all the questions. Once again, I apologize for making people do their homework, uh, but maybe you've done it really in advance now, or maybe you didn't do it in time, and you'll get more time to do it. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>